Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss what leadership looks like in the modern insurance business. We talk to insure tech leaders and founders, innovators and change agents from the insurance industry. We also talk to thought leaders from outside the industry, such as organizational psychologists, performance coaches and investment professionals. Anyone who can add value to the conversation on how to lead insurance businesses of the future. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky to be joined today by Miri from Insmo. Miri, good morning. How are you? Hi, good morning, Alex. Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, not at all. Thanks for thanks for calling in. And we, we were just talking off air that you're um are you you're in Tallinn at the moment in Estonia, is it? Yes, right? yes. And uh <laughs> what temperature are we running at last week? Uh, last week, what was it? What was it temperature wise at? Yeah, it was uh, minus 23, minus 27 in some mornings. So, uh, yeah, um, so you stay inside and, and work. <laughs> I was going to say, the, lock, the lockdowns are a lot easier when you really don't want to go outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, I'm, we're speaking today from a slightly miserable Britain, but we're certainly not quite at minus uh, 20. But then it's a bit warmer now, isn't it? You're saying it's yeah, minus. it's much it's much better. So uh, it's minus one or so. It's almost zero. So you can start getting out. But um, Miri, before I kind of divert into the weather chat, um, I wondered if you might introduce Insmo as, as a business to the people out there that might not know um, who you guys are. Yeah, so I'm one of the co-founders of Insmo. Uh, Insmo was started by Estonian founders, and today we are also German-Estonian startup. Um, we started out uh, around four years ago. Uh, the company is established in Berlin and in Tallinn. And what we do is... Uh, we are uh, creating um, uh, technology to enhance the whole insurance experience. Legally, we are an insurance agent, uh, but what uh, we are uh, delivering to the customers is instant in- insurance experiences. So uh, purchasing and managing your insurance policies can be done via Insmo in an instant. We, Thanks to our d- uh, technology, we partner up with a lot of B2B2C channels. Uh, This is also like our unique value uh, selling proposition, great products, great technology and uh, and also an amazing user experience after the after the sales. So uh, today we are operating uh, in the German market and uh, selling uh, primarily electronics and bike insurance and launching a new product called rental deposit guarantee. Uh, If people are uh, in Germany renting apartments, usually you pay three months deposit. uh, uh, to your landlord and uh, instead of that you can just you know enjoy paying 10-15 euros to Insmo and uh, also the landlord has the benefit that if something happens uh, to the apartment or um, some payments will be due then they will just uh, uh, turn to Insmo and in, in, in a day or two everything will be reimbursed. So this is the kind of value we want to bring to the insurance market, uh, new products, new technologies and uh, uh, we have been quite successful on onboarding different types of partners. So B2B2C, as I mentioned, is our, our primary model. And um, yeah, um, with, the, with the new product, we will also expect to expand to other uh, verticals, not only private premises, but also commercial premises and also to, to other markets in, in Europe. Yeah, okay. That's a lot to digest, but thank you very much. I, um, 
I want to take you right back because like you you told me a really interesting story when we spoke before because um yeah it's quite common that we get people on that um are not from insurance backgrounds because um you were originally a corporate lawyer is that is that right yes i used to work in Ernst and young for quite many years uh, as a lawyer and tax advisor and um and also we had uh, with uh, some of my colleagues um uh, our private uh, advisory company but uh, then i also felt that uh, you know i'm um, I, I feel more uh, that I, I should be taking more risks and uh, then with my co-founder with whom we have been doing business together now for, I would say, uh, around 11 years. Mm -hmm. Then um, initially uh, we did not uh, think about uh, starting an insurance uh, or insure tech uh, company. Um, so given his background, he has been a professional uh, superbike rider for uh, for like half of his life, right. and I was a lawyer. Then what we what uh, what we actually created uh, initially the project was called Bike ID. Mm -hmm. uh, we created an international bike registry where everybody can sign up their bikes. Uh, we cooperated with the police, helped people to find bikes, and you know, uh, very very cool and nice project. Um, and when we were thinking about how to monetize this project, then um, uh, we were, you know, thinking about different security elements and so forth. And also uh, we added um, bike insurance uh, to our portfolio mm -hmm. and we created a very cool app to, you know, sign up for uh, bike insurance uh, in seconds. And when we pitched this idea to different insurance companies in Europe to get the, to get the product going in different markets of Europe, then the, the main feedback we got is that you have built up uh, such a cool platform that why just bike insurance that we would like to sell other products like this, you know, in an instant to the customers and, and via different partnerships. And uh, in 2016, we made a pivot. So we became um, insurance agent uh, for bikes and electronics primarily. And uh, we were we were lucky from from the day one because uh, the people who were developing the the bike registry for us uh, they had a very uh, strong previous experience in developing for uh, insurance companies and insurance brokers so the know how was already all there so we were in an extremely great space in that sense uh, of course uh, we as founders. Uh, uh, when designing the whole customer experience, we were just thinking, you know, what would we like to experience when uh, dealing with insurance, right? And I think that was a huge benefit that we were not sort of like maybe, uh, you know, uh, uh, that we didn't come from the insurance corporate world and we didn't know all the restrictions. We just, you know, didn't care about any kind of restrictions or legacy or whatever. Yeah. We just thought that, hey, you know, this is the kind of experience the customer needs to have. And the products need to be designed around this, you know, this experience, mm -hmm. not the vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Oh, um, really Has that caused you any problems? Because obviously you're sort of coming at it. I think there's a lot to be said for kind of uh, not knowing what the challenges are, because then you can't be scared of the challenges. But um, obviously you're working in a very regulated space. Did, did mm -hmm. Did some of your designs have to be altered to kind of impact on things like regulation or did you have any problems like that? Um, I mean, um, all the insurance companies we spoke to, uh, everybody, you know, was like back then and are also today very open to innovation, open to new products, uh, new business verticals and so forth. Mm -hmm. The only obstacle I would say is that you know um you know in a lot of those cases when we are bringing a new product to the market uh, via a new channel um usually a new product needs to be created 
And the, the challenge here is the time. So to ask an insurance company to create a new product, it will take, I don't know, 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is such a long uh, time that, you know, I will die three times if you're a young startup. So <laughs> it's uh, you, you really need to sort of like, if you want to bring uh, new products to the market with uh, uh, old school or like, you know, um, uh, incumbents, uh, then you have to, you have to, you know, have a plan how you will survive during that time <laughs> yeah yeah th that's come up before on the on the uh, podcast i mean i think because it's interesting to hear you say that as someone from outside the industry but you know one of the people that um i've had on that's been quite successful in an insure tech was saying that the, one of his benefits was that he understood the insurance world and he said i knew how long it was going to take because it's a very mm -hmm. slow moving model but um yeah I, it's, uh, it's it's interesting to hear you find that out so um why why the mga model so obviously you've adopted that mga model um there's an alternative route you go through but um yeah why did you pick sort of the mga distribution model so initially when we um uh, converted into an insured tech or like um i would say insurance agency model then we pretty quickly understood that even if we can offer the customer you know a great a nice interface to get insurance coverage, uh, to buy policies or to manage their policies, then the expectation of the customer is to have everything in an instant, including claim sending and absolutely everything related to uh, his uh, insurance coverage, right? So if we just, um, uh, you know, take care of one part of the process, let's say the sales part, we create a nice website where you can easily take out insurance policies. But at the same time, you know, there is basically no customer support or the claims are being handled, let's say, in, in, in two to four weeks. This is not matching the whole experience that the customer had in the first place with you. And, uh, and it's going to ruin quite a lot of, of the impression that the customer has or their expectation uh, towards you. And it's very, very uh, unlikely that they will come back. Um, so what we understood quite, quite quickly is that we have to take care, like majority of the process. We're not an underwriter ourselves, so we cannot do anything about that. We have to be patient over there if we want to create new products or, or change something that, that is clear, but everything else we can take care of starting from the sales, customer care, um, you know, um, all kinds of administration, claims handling and so on and so forth. So, and it's also what we see from the underwriter side that you know, like this, we are like most hassle-free partner also for the underwriter. If you have a strong tech yeah, and if you want to go to the market with a new product that maybe this under particular underwriter doesn't have yet, they don't have the claims handling in place or all the processes related uh, uh, to that in place. So if you sort of like pitch the whole package to the underwriter that, hey, this is how much we're going to do for you. You know, these are the terms and conditions that we, you know, we see the, that the customers would like to have, and these are the kinds of premiums we think which are, you know, um, uh, proper for this the market. If you present this whole package, then the, uh, what we have experienced, the whole procedure of getting a product from an underwriter is also much faster. Mm -hmm. So um, um, there's there's like you know uh, two upsides. First, you take care of of the most of the customer uh, experience. And secondly, you get products fast and, and everybody is, is sort of like uh, happy in, in this kind of uh, model. And of course, you in, in this MGA model, you also have quite a lot to say how the product, you know, looks and feels, uh, how much it costs and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. So um, 
it's it's sort of like already operating as an insurance company, but not underwriting the products or taking like uh, the the whole risk. Mm-hmm. But you you have quite a lot of a lot to say uh, when designing the product, and I, I think this is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So that you can bring uh, deliver products that uh, match the customer expectation. Yeah, sure. And and obviously one of the alternative routes is to, you know that we've seen a few people launch into the market completely as a full stack insurer. Um, you know, I, I just spoke to the guys from Hellas Direct um, you know, fairly recently. Um, did you consider looking at kind of full stack um, as a starting point, or was it just was it a timeline thing as well? Again, because obviously that's a that's a whole different uh, challenge to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely challenging. And you know, w- when we started uh, with Insmo, then uh, we understood pretty quickly that uh, our main strength is the whole IT and the whole technology. So we were uh, definitely uh, in the first two three years focusing solely on building up uh, a great uh, back office solution, so that you know can issue policies, uh, get payments, reporting, all the claims handling tools, so sales tools, you know the the end consumer experience. So um at that point we de- definitely did not consider starting as a full stack insurer and also we didn't have this kind of know-how and experience so that would have been definitely too much mm-hmm. there's definitely upsides um uh, and downsides both uh for becoming full stack of course uh, if you have the license yourself uh, you uh, are more in charge of uh, uh, your own products um, their profitability so on and so forth um but also you're taking uh, very considerable risks. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seen in the in the past uh, years uh, some of the quite successful uh, insurtechs becoming full stack, and I and I think you know we can see uh, or draw some parallels uh, with the fintech industry when when all these uh, you know mobile apps started getting their licenses, and and at the end of the day you know it's it's the way to go. So, but. I would. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. Uh, there is risks on both sides. From the agency model, there is a risk that you know uh, you're not fast enough, or uh, you know maybe if the product is not behaving well enough, you will lose your underwriter, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And also from the underwriting side, you're taking considerable risks if you're underwriting your own products, and then you know you have other problems to deal with. And both the both the models have their own upside. And I think you know. Um, today we have insurance companies plus brokers and agents operating, you know, in the same field. There is room for everybody. Uh, the market is uh, so huge, and uh, and uh, but I, I do see that there is definitely um, an opportunity also for insurtechs uh, to operate as full stack um, in, in 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 any market. Hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the analogy with the fintech market is absolutely the right one. Um, you know, we I think a lot, a lot of the kind of startup banks they you know they were cards weren't they and you paid you sort of pay as you go like a payment card and now they're you know now they're full stack banks and then they're going into yeah. the design field so it's quite interesting to see that um, how that happens I, I wanted to talk to you about the tech um because you mentioned a few times that the tech is a big you know mm-hmm. a usp for you guys it's, it's, it's a mm-hmm. differentiator um mm-hmm. what's what's the is is I think tech, tech talent, particularly in Tallinn or, or Estonia, is, is is very strong. Is 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 that right? Is is it a good tech market? Is it's got good good developers? Mm, in general, yes. But uh, if we're talking about uh, now um, insurance tech, uh, then there's not so many because uh, it is quite a complex um, area. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like maybe we have, you know, three, four very strong insure tech uh, developers in Estonia. Um, and uh, and uh, it's, it's still an area where um, we don't have so much experience yet uh, because, uh, um, of course, uh, a lot of Estonian insurance companies try to become more digital and to go more on- online. And I think, you know, Estonia is one of the forerunners uh, in the European region uh, for that. Uh, but still, you know, we don't have, in that sense, uh, a lot of tech talent uh, for, for the insure tech space. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is, you know, it is highly regulated. It's, it's sometimes it can be very complex business, and the whole, uh, you know, um, creating a, a fully digital insurance provider is, uh, is a pretty complex, uh, pretty complex task. Yeah. But um, you know, regarding our own tech, uh, when building up brains, most let's say back office solutions, then we also understood that we have to build up uh, basically a fully digital insurance company or build up uh, something that operates fully like like an insurance company because it needs to fulfill all the functions that the normal insurance company does. So if we're talking about you know um, um, in- incumbents or or older legacy companies, then a majority of them are operating with you know, five, six different uh, systems which are not communicating to each other and the whole, you know, sales administration claims, so on and so forth is, you know, if the system is not, uh, you know, the PCs are not talking to each other, it's um, it's very difficult to, to provide, you know, a, a fast and uh, uh, understandable uh, solutions. And it also takes more managing for, for the insurance company and of course takes more costs on the whole administration side. So from day one, we have had a goal that, you know, everything needs to be in, in, in one software and it needs to be a software that operates like um, uh, like an insurance company should operate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that um, does that sometimes hold you back, n- not from your own tech, but actually the ability of like, the incumbents because you're B2B to C? Um, is there sometimes kind of uh, things that hold you back because your technologies better than the people you're trying to do business with and is there a challenge there sometimes or actually it makes uh, the, all those corporations way easier because you know uh, um, when we want to cooperate um, uh, with an insurance company it doesn't matter if we want to have our own products or we somehow support them with their b2b2c partnerships with with some uh, large retailers uh, with our tech then uh, you know you know, it's very easy for us uh, to sell our tech or use our tech because, you know, it. we say that, hey, it does everything that an insurance company should do. It has all the sales tools to work with it, whatever B2B2C partners we have or you have. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, the insurance company just needs a monthly report um, and we are capable of providing these reports, which they can then uh, insert into their systems. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it's way easier because there is no part on our end which is which is not covered technologically, and you know it's it, it's uh, it's it's the, the partner never or the insurance company never never has to do any kind of developments on their side to work with us. Mm-hmm. So uh, we want to be completely hassle free. If we ask products from the insurance company, we just need terms and conditions and to understand you know how the premiums need to be calculated. And nothing else, no APIs, no developments, nothing. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that makes things a lot easier. I can see that being a huge plus. But um, I was 
you know, one of the things about tech, um, obviously you guys are from Estonia, based, were based in Estonia, but now the headquarters is in Berlin. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What was behind that decision um, to sort of put the headquarters there? Um, it's, it's a decision we made basically on day one uh, because we knew that uh, we would like to you know, conquer an European market as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Estonia is a great place where to test your products and get feedback fast and you get famous really fast because, you know, <laughs> if you make something great, then everybody know about it the, the next day. Yeah. Uh, but the market is really, really tiny. And, uh, you know, the, all the efforts you put here uh, versus uh, you put the same effort to like a German market, the outcome is uh, uh, times 1,000. One, 1, in Germany for example so of course it's more risks uh, but uh, you know uh, we were uh, we were um, open to take the risk like this uh, because we also knew that if we are if you're fundraising for example and you know we deliver results from the Estonian from the home market it doesn't have that kind of weight then we would do it in Germany so these have been like pretty strategic decisions Mm -hmm. also Germany you know huge market extremely um you know open to um ensure any kind of risks extremely open to innovation like exactly the same situation which we saw like 10 years ago with uh, with banking Mm -hmm. insurance is at the moment exactly in the same place exactly the same opportunities we see exactly the same patterns happening with insurtex and uh, and and germany was definitely a great opportunity uh, for us in that sense Does that mean that um, has it been helpful with things like investment or? Definitely, Uh, because also our first investors, uh, um, like in the angel round, we had uh, half of the investors from Germany. Um, And and also um, after that, when we have been fundraising, then it's much easier for a fund to get acquainted with the German company and German laws. And if they've never done any investments in Estonia, it's quite difficult to convince them to, you know, become familiar familiar with Estonian laws and regulations and and to become a shareholder in an Estonian company. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's doable, but uh, um, what I've heard from the feedback also from investors, it's that it's it's definitely uh, can be a, a showstopper mm-hmm. that they have to become acquainted with um, um, the laws and regulations of a comp- uh, of a country where they have never invested in. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to talk about investment for a second because you guys, so you raised an angel round. Have you have you done any further rounds of funding, or was it just just off that that you've gone so far? Um, no, actually, we have had like pre-seed rounds and then seed rounds. So uh, yeah, in a pre-seed phase, uh, we were um, funded by private angels, by startup bootcamp accelerator, by five hundred startups uh, accelerator. Mm-hmm. And uh, now in the later stage, uh, we have been uh, funded by uh, Helvetia Insurance, and now we have one new new investor, Change Ventures, from which is a a, a Baltic um, a VC company. Okay, fantastic. Um, what was that process like? Had, had you had you had any experience of raising money before um, you started the company, or was this this is all part of the new part of the process? It was all new, um, and um, I think um, uh, it was quite helpful that uh, when we started the company, we immediately went to Germany to start a boot camp. Uh, it taught us quite a lot, and it was great that we got out of Estonia immediately, um, and thanks to start a boot camp. 
And after that, uh, a year after that, we went uh, to San Francisco, US to 500 startups, uh, which also told us a lot about fundraising, amazing people over there. Of course, like US people have amazing sales skills. Mm. Um, Estonians are known about, you know, developing great stuff, but not being capable of selling it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so it was a quite very, very useful experience. And yeah, um, I mean, uh, the, the skills for fundraising, they come over time when you go to different conferences, talk to different people. Yeah, you have to bear in mind that uh, to get one investor, you have to talk uh, to 100. So uh, 99 no's is, is fine if one says no. And you just have to become, you know, you have to tune your story all the time according to the feedback that you get from the investors. You have to learn on the go and you have to, you know, adapt all the time and then adjust your story and maybe sometimes even a little bit the business model or the product yeah yeah interesting yeah i'm, I'm always interested to hear people's kind of journey because it's always the bit that it's usually the bit that's new to everyone you know it doesn't matter if you come mm -hmm. insurance or not it's, it's the bit that's new and it's um yeah it's a it sounds like a tough experience mainly because it's just such a time you know such a lot of time spent i mean you're saying you're there so you know to get one investor you need to speak to a hundred and that's for every round right as well maybe yeah. sometimes it's the same people so yeah it's a lot mm -hmm. of time spent but um interesting mm -hmm. what what impact has berlin had on like your ability to attract talent has, has it been helpful there um but one assumes it's quite it's quite competitive for talent in berlin i would imagine um it is that's true um but um today i would say that we are sort of in a phase where we're not uh, anymore like, you know, uh, uh, the first day startup. Uh, we didn't just uh, start yesterday. But we are also today not in a phase where, where we have grown to be. We have, I don't know, 150, 200 uh, people already. And we are already like a corporate. So we're today in a very attractive phase to people who have a lot of experience. Um, and But they do feel that there's, you know, something crazy that they still want to do in life. Yeah. So whenever we are starting to look for um, uh, for talent, for for example, for senior positions, we get so many great candidates for like big corporates, like very senior people. Mm -hmm. And when I ask them that, you know, you didn't even know about Dinsmo before applying to this position, that why are you applying? And the, and this this the reason they they give me usually is that I feel like there, it's it's the last chance in my life that I can you know do something crazy yeah. and do something extreme. I don't want to start my own startup like uh, from scratch because everybody knows 98% of the startups go belly up uh, mm -hmm. after first year. Yeah. But you know, you are you have already you know survived your first years and uh, you have many years to come. And I want to be just part of some crazy story and build also help to build up something uh, um, uh, at least uh, once in my lifetime. So um, in that sense, the access to talent in Berlin is definitely great. It's also great in Estonia. I think uh, insurance in general is <laughs> maybe not the, like, how to say, the sexiest vertical people are looking to find their next job, right? Because, you know, what we think is that what we have experienced that this is that insurance is extremely boring and time consuming and it's painful and all this bureaucracy legacy everything related to that mm -hmm. and uh, and but whenever I, I tell people the story that you know we don't want to be a next the traditional alliance or axa or another traditional insurance company but you know we want to be like this red bull of insurance uh, like this crazy company with whom the 
young audience and and digital minds want to really interact with and this is something that you know really gives people hope that you know maybe maybe insurance at some day will be something um, you know easy and 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 uh, and as enjoyable as enjoyable as uh, dealing with your mobile banking yeah um yeah, yeah. I think that's, I mean, the, the banking analogy is the, the, the right one because I think the brands have made, you know, the challenge of banks, the branding of it has made it kind of seem fun. The technology has made it seem kind of almost like gamified. And, you know, mm-hmm. are in, you know, if you look at people, what people are doing with investment, and I know it's got some bad press, but like Robin Hood, you know, it, it, things like Coinbase as well, like these trading apps. And you think yeah. they've kind of, gamified it i'm not sure that's necessarily a good thing but um but from a brand perspective and i think there's definitely room for brands in the insurance to be much more fun and we're seeing that as well and um you know it's good to see um i, I suppose on that note um i wanted to ask you about the customer because you know something you're very strong on is kind of like customer journey um do you think historically insurance has listened to the customer enough um or have we neglected the customer slightly um it's getting better. Uh, I, I, at least what I see in the past five years, it's definitely getting much better. And uh, if we look at also the insurance companies um, uh, last last year and this year, everybody will be focusing in, uh, you know, improving their the whole customer experience. And this is the number one focus for for insurtechs and for traditional insurance for sure. Mm-hmm. In the past, I would say that uh, yes. Um, um, I mean, I, I, I do understand that it's complex to build up a profitable insurance product because, you know, so much can happen. And and also uh, for the user, it might seem that, you know, insurance companies are those uh, fancy big buildings with, you know, uh, high paid uh, CEOs and so on and so forth. And that they're just all about, you know, taking our money. I think this narrative is about to change quite a lot and quite a lot thanks to the insurtechs, you know, who are, you know, simple people, usually, you know, quite a lot of them with uh, without any insur- insurance previous experience. And what they're about to do is just to create the best user experiences on the market. And the more consumer centric, um, um, uh, the more consumer centric insurtechs and insurance companies will now be. I, I mean, the con- consumers have just, you know, they just have everything to win from there. Mm. Uh, but, but, but in the past, I, I do agree that uh, that uh, we have, or like the, the industry has not been uh, focusing on the customers so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, struggling to create uh, profitable insurance products, you know, like in some verticals, like let's say I don't know, car car MTPL, you know, it's. <laughs> uh, it's probably it was uh, you know in the 90s where any company in UK for example made profit with car car MTPL uh, because it has been you know um, uh, quite quite terrible uh, product because of the of the competition and so on and so forth so I think the focus has been gone there to create pro- profitable products and it's, but but uh, we definitely see a trend that, that is more consumer centric uh, from now on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and you you talked to, earlier about the B two B two C model. Um, why was that the route you went down? Um, why why not B two C or you know what? Why was that your kind of process? Um, there was uh, I would say two reasons. Uh, first of that was that uh, when we are fundraising and we are pitching the story to investors, for example. 
then um, what we see is that a lot of our competitors have raised a great amount of funds and used it for B2C marketing. And in the insurance industry, what we have learned is this can be extremely expensive. So uh, when you're doing digital and online media marketing, on online media marketing, you're basically going into war with, you know, big insurance companies with limitless budgets to do whatever mm. online, right? So, um, uh, like the, cust- uh, the 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 minimum customer acquisition costs, you know, three four hundred euros. It doesn't make sense because uh, you will spend the next five years to earn it back from that customer. Mm. And we just wanted to understand, like, what is the more sustainable way uh, to uh, get customers on board. Uh, not to burn money like ridiculous amounts of money and how to you know present the sustainable business model and how to break even quickly uh, so what we understood that actually you know b2b2c is is quite an untapped uh, opportunity uh, by insurance companies and we also su- saw that you know when we were talking to potential b2b2c partners who already operate with um, some insurance products then what they say is that you know they don't get flexible products enough. They don't have a lot to say how much the products are costing to their customers because the customers have different needs. And also, you know, when they sell this one product to the customer, then, you know, the customer needs do not end from there. The, the customers need service, they need claims handling uh, uh, or administrative things. And these are, you know, uh, out of the out, out of the hands of, of this partner. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, creates a lot of frustration in, in the customer uh, after that. So by, by learning about those, uh, those problems, uh, we understood that uh, we can solve it with technology. Uh, first of all, you know, we can deliver different products to the partners uh, over the APIs quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Also, we can offer like post-sale services so that the customer will be also, they got their policy in an instant from, from the partner and they will get an instant experience after that in terms of, Claims handling support, whatever, and uh, and the second problem which we solved uh, was that we we learned that when we are going to the market and selling our products via different partnerships, also the customer acquisition cost is ten or twenty times uh, cheaper than going and you know shooting digital advertising uh, to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think third quite important aspect here is also that if you have a strong chain of partnerships secured you're delivering great experience for the partners for the consumers it's also something that it's not so easy to copy right because you know marketing messages is easy to copy um selling products online is also easy to copy but you know if you have a very strong and secure uh, partnerships it's not so easy to take over if you keep your your partners happy these relationships will be i don't know the next 5 10 15 years secured business yeah, no, no, I totally, totally get that. And um, yeah, the advertising costs are terrifying. I, I was earlier this year, I can't remember one of the big um, America, I think, was, I'm sure it's progressive. They were talking about auto insurance in America and, and mm-hmm. you know, basically saying if you didn't have a billion dollars just to waste on, well, not waste, but to, to, to spend on marketing and advertising, like you just, you weren't even going to make a dent in the, in the market. Mm-hmm. um yeah um it's 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 fascinating you know that's why i think it's um it's a smart move on your model and i totally totally understand it so i wanted to talk about um you know what's next i know that you mentioned um uh rental uh, deposit um, insurance 
um, which is something you know we've seen in the UK kind of grow in prevalence. It didn't used to mm-hmm. be a thing. Um, how do you decide on you know where do the new new products come from? Um, what's the kind of process for kind of identifying new products? Mm-hmm. I think we do listen quite a lot to the market, mm-hmm. um, and we are very much paying attention to. Uh, what could be, if we launch a product, what could be the B2B2C opportunity there, right? So, um, uh, for example, if we uh, launch a rental deposit uh, guarantee product, so we have uh, online platforms uh, for real estate, right? Uh, we do have uh, different brokers uh, who could promote the product. We do have different landlords. Uh, we do have different associations. There's so many, there's tens of thousands of partners only in Germany, which whom you know you can cooperate with, mm-hmm. uh, which is definitely for us a very important aspect. Um, and and secondly, is also that you know if we're now launching new products it, and if we get customers with rental deposit insurance, for example, then you know what would be the products that people then sort of you know could uh, relate with when they're getting uh, getting a, a new home or, or or an apartment, you know. Uh, they're thinking about home contents, they're thinking about liabilities, so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, this, this 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 whole product portfolio has, has to match the needs of this customer, which we have onboarded, um, which is also a very, very important factor. And also, we also try to understand, uh, for example, like, uh, uh, what is what what are the overall trends or what are the new products that customers might have the appetite to, if you're looking, uh, you know, uh, what's happening uh, around the world today, you know, people are more concerned about their finances than than ever you know maybe they would need financial products you know to to uh, secure them from unemployment or any other like uh, unexpected costs that might happen so people are extremely sensitive about their finances today mm-hmm. so uh, we have to look at the trends we have to look at the opportunities we do have all the mechanisms and tools to sell in any kinds of channels or whatever products and uh, and we just have to you know follow the trends and and listen to what what the people actually need today mm-hmm. um whether they need pet insurance or 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 maybe they need dental insurance or what is going on in the world that you know the customers needs and all the all the new products and new inno- innovative products are definitely also a huge uh topic today uh, if we're talking about i don't know cyber security or or as i mentioned the unemployment uh, financial products then these are the kind of opportunities the insurance insurers really have to um, take their focus on. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, what's um, I'm, I'm so conscious of your time, so I start wrapping things up. But I always like to kind of ask people what's what's kind of next for you guys. Obviously, um, you know, you're taking on Germany. Are you going to expand outside into new geographies? Is there going to be new products, or, or what, what's next for you? Yeah, so um, we are definitely focusing on Germany in the coming, uh, um, I would say, at least two years, uh, really becoming a strong player in the rental deposit uh, vertical in private and commercial spaces, and also bring uh, on the market new products that are related to uh, owning a home um, or, or a household. And uh, and if we see that we have secured a quite uh, good spot in the German market with the rental deposit product, then also expand the offering to other European countries. Um, that's that is the goal at the moment. 
Awesome. Sounds like you've got plenty on your plate. Well, look, Miri, thank you so much for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. Um, it was really, it was really interesting to kind of find out about, and um, I'm glad things are getting a little bit warmer for you uh, in Estonia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for uh, for having me, Alex. It was it was uh, great to, to be in the show. Yeah. Great stuff. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insure tech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.